Well, I don't know about you, man. The weight by the band it perfectly describes how our week went last week. I mean, damn. That was, I felt the pure weight of this show, watching all those games just not go our way. I mean, just, just a horrendous showing by us. That was terrible. Uh, but you know what? It's a new week. We've, we've turned the leaf. It's time to get into it. Welcome back, guys. This is Blind Lines on the Foolery Podcast Network. I'm Boone, as always, with me. We got Jaron. Jaron, how are we doing, man? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it was a tough, tough weekend. It was, it was the first one that you like really felt the weight of like, oh man, this is just not going. This is just not going your way. And you know, like that feeling when you you have like one one that you just completely miss on, and then it just kind of feels like, am I just not seeing it right? And and then you're just there's a lot to be concerned about after that. So yeah, definitely felt it that week. So uh, just kind of like you noted, we we ended up winning three, which isn't terrible. Uh, but we go three seven and one. Uh, we did have a push in there. Uh. Which, which actually, you know, the cheeks push too. Yeah, the the cheeks push. That's the that's the OG push. Um, the twenty one to twenty one. Uh, so we're twenty one, twenty one, and one now. So we're we're still even on the season. Um, which even in Vegas is not making that's money. Wild. Uh, you're, you're losing some money there, but that's okay. Uh, I think we'll we'll get back on the 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 wagon here, and uh, I, I think I've kind of self corrected a little bit on my end. Hmm. I don't know. I felt like a lot of it was me, but you know, we'll we'll go we'll go into the uh, analysis here. We'll see how it goes. So, I mean, you know, without further ado, how all right? Let's run through those games from yeah. Last so year. What, what what took place? Yeah, Friday night that was a great game. Um, well, great is is a word to use, but uh, if you love defense, it was a great game. Uh, we had number ten Utah at number nineteen Oregon State. That was Friday night, uh, nine p.m. So you had to kind of stay up late to kind of watch this one and. There was just not a whole lot of offense. A lot of defense. Um, it ends up being 7-0. Oregon State uh, leading at the first half. Uh, game ends 21-7. We had Utah uh, getting some points here. So they were underdogs by 3.5 points on the road. Um, weren't able to cover there. Uh, and, and to be honest, the biggest thing is they just couldn't move the ball. Nate Johnson, at quarterback, uh, Cam Rising didn't come back. He was 3-11 for 11 for 35 yards at halftime. 35 yards. Like, oh. Yeah, it, it, they had 101 total yards at half. Um, they just weren't moving the ball at all, and it, it was actually interesting. So, like, we 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 kind of like Johnson, and and I think the problem was he just got to a point where like he couldn't hit any passes. Like he just was missing guys that were open, uh, which, which you can't win games when you're doing that. Um, they they actually benched him uh, for Barnes. Uh, Barnes came in and was actually throwing catchable passes. They were able to move the ball a little bit and. Then you go down there and throw just a terrible pick uh, in the red zone, and then it's just basically over from there. So uh, DJ Oyungle played pretty well, um, took some hits in there, but but ultimately uh, I think you know we were a little worried about that Utah offense, but seven points was yeah that's that's really tough. So <laughs> seven to twenty one. Um, so that started off our week with a loss. Uh, we did get a win in this next game, and that was Florida at Kentucky, and it was pretty quickly. Uh, pretty evident quickly that this was going to be a cover early on. Uh, we only had to c- cover by two and a half points. Uh, that was Kentucky being favored by two and a half. Uh, Florida on the road there at Kentucky. And it was pretty much a blowout at the beginning. It was 23-7 at halftime. Uh, Florida pulled one back right before the half um, on a long, long pass down the field, which was shocking to see. Um <laughs> But you know, ultimately, Kentucky just ran the ball down their throats all day, and it just there was really nothing there. Um, 
Florida just wasn't really able to move the ball much. You know, I think what was interesting is like with Graham Mertz is like he was 25 for 30 in this game and their offense was terrible. So that just tells you, you know, what what they're seeing, that sort of thing. Like you guys aren't trying to throw the ball down the field. And even when you you need to, you still aren't. So I'm curious what happens there. Um, but the, the story of the day in this game, if we don't want to talk about Florida too much, is uh, Ray Davis at running back for, for Kentucky, 206 rushing yards at halftime on 12 carries. He finished with 280 at the end of the game. That is a, a huge record that they set. Um, that's a lot of yards. And he wasn't the only one getting in the action. They actually ran for 329. Um, so they kind of, I think they gave him a little bit of rest here and there. But yeah, it was Florida. That's tough. Uh, tough to see. Um, uh, any other comments here? <laughs> no, I mean, for, first of all, I think, look, we, I'm not shocked by Oregon State. I think we hit the nail on the head with that, which was Oregon State's a good team, good defensive squad. Um, and really, we were kind of playing the game of, you know, when is when is Utah's luck going to run out without Cam Rising? And it did. <laughs> it did in a big way. Yeah. I mean, Utah's suffering without him. I, and, gosh, I, I think I had this conversation with you last week off air, but it's just imagine where they would be if he was playing. Like just legitimately the chance they would have. So um, I'm not ready entirely to set sails on their chance here, but Cam has to come back. And it's an ACL tear, so like how good is he going to be really? Um, but they, they need him back immediately. Uh, they need him back last week. Um, so there's that. In terms of Florida, called that. Yeah. Um, now to the extent, nope. Didn't think that. I thought Florida's defense would be better than that, but good heavens, man. Like, you, did you miss scouting? Did you not watch any film? What's going on there? And, like, I know they've got, like, some 30, 31-year-old, like, youngest dude in the game, D.C., back there. Um, with, and he's done decently well. I, I find it very hard in year after year and year over year that Florida, like, cannot get good defensive players. Like, just the athletes in Florida alone – Plus, you're the flagship university. Like, you should be able to pull enough talent to be decently good. You know, way above par. And I just don't understand for the life of me how you watch any film on Kentucky and there's a kid capable of popping off for 300 rushing yards and you just completely didn't account for it at all. Um, But that's not what I thought was going to happen here. I thought Kentucky is one of those disciplined teams that can get home and Florida doesn't really trust Mertz to throw it down the field. So, I, I mean, they, they proved me wrong a, a, a little bit, I guess, if you want to call it that. But even to your point, like, he had a good day in efficiency. And where did that really land them? It's because they're not throwing it downfield. They're not threatening. And Kentucky exposed that. So, I think the real the real problem here is if you're Tennessee, you got to be scratching your head as going, what the hell? How did we lose to them? Yeah. Because, quite frankly, they don't really deserve to be ranked. Yeah, it was definitely just a poor game plan on Tennessee. We don't need to rehash that. But, yeah, I I agree. I think Florida is like you kind of lost all the goodwill that you had after that Tennessee game when you go up here and you just look – you look unorganized. One thing that, like – UF fans were kind of and, and media were kind of talking about a lot was their special teams and 
I mean, that was a big part of this game specifically. Obviously, the Utah game, they had a huge blunder where they had too many men on the field, uh, or the, the, the wrong number, uh, too many of the same number on the field, uh, which is a penalty. And then you turn around uh, and, and have some struggles. And then in this game, you have a basically you know a free 15-yard penalty because someone tries to leap over one of the blockers in front of the punter, which is a penalty. And it's just like poor coaching. And what it comes back to, and, and re- re- tell me if this reminds you of someone. It might be uh, remind you of someone that was in Tallahassee at one point. They don't have a special teams coordinator. They elected to use two assistant coaches on the offensive line. So they have two offensive line coaches. And because of that, they don't have a special teams coordinator. So they don't have an actual special teams coach on the field. And so it was funny because they like, they, you know, obviously Billy talks a lot about like his staff. And and that was one of UF's big things that we're investing resources. And we have this huge staff of analysts and they have this special teams game changer coordinator is what they call it. Um, But he technically is not an on the field coach. And so, uh, being in the bottom 10 percentile of special teams and making really dumb mistakes that have changed games in a negative way for Florida after you come in saying it's the special team uh, game changer coordinator and this is the new way to kind of you know set up your uh, staff in football it's not not a good look and so uh, he's gotten some pushback on that uh, and it's it's very interesting uh, to kind of see where they go but you know they've got multiple plays with 13 men on the field. Um, and they're still getting run on. It's like it's it's not an ideal, uh, not ideal there in Florida. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. No. I, I told you they shouldn't have been ranked, and clearly, I think I think we were proven right there because I still don't think Kentucky's that special to be honest. But uh, let's move on. Uh, Texas A and M played at Arkansas. This was one that we kind of knew early on was not looking good for us. Um, at halftime, it was seventeen to three. We needed Arkansas. They were getting six and a half points, so we only needed them to uh, lose by less than a touchdown, and they end up getting. Um, Almost blown out. They kind of pulled back a little bit later in the second half, but it was thirty-four to twenty-two. It was kind of blow for blow in the second half, and it just they just never were able to pull pull back close enough. So that was a loss we took there. Uh, Clemson at Syracuse. This is one that we didn't take one way or the other. Um, the only thing I would say here is like I I think Clemson is definitely showing that they're still a very talented team and that they can win games. But Dabo is. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but Dabo. He did two weird things. One, on fourth and two on the Syracuse second or six yard line in the second quarter, he elected to go for it, and they weren't even close to getting it. It wasn't even like, oh, he barely got stopped by the line. Like it was. Oh yeah, I saw. I saw that one. My thing was, I'm like, dude, you're on the road. You're up fourteen to seven. Just kick the field goal and go up two scores. Like, what are we doing? It was very odd. And and <laughs> what they talked about shortly after that is. Apparently, when you talk about the kicker that they brought in, that um, you know they brought off the street last week, and he ends up Mr. Finance, exactly missing you. Well, so they they provided more information about this. Apparently, the way that happened is Dabo's son is the holder on Clemson, and he went to his dad and said, "Hey, so yeah, this kicker's not doing great. Let's go get that other guy." So you're just going off of the like you're just taking advice from this 19 year old, 20 year old. <laughs> That's even worse. It's from the Holder, he's like brother. I hold it. I hold his balls all the time, and it's just, it's not happening. It's not working. Yeah. And it's like the funniest thing is like if if it would have worked out, and he like let's say he went, makes a kick last week, and they win the game, and like he's doing really well, Dabo would have immediately been like, "This was all my son." <laughs> but it's in the Sweeney blood. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, USC, I, will, I will I will make one slight interjection, which is I I really think that that game had more to do with the fact that it was more telling of who Syracuse is rather than who Clemson is. 
And I, I just, I find myself, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. I'm sure everybody else out there is in the same boat. Like, do, do we take the bait again with Syracuse? Do we take the bait again? Because Dino Babers loves this crap, where it's just like, I think we're good. And as soon as you're like, okay, Syracuse is good, it, yeah. it goes to shit. So I'm yeah, they just love like, a, they love a four and a start against like below average teams, and then. Yeah, as soon as they yeah. play anyone, it's yeah. They, so obviously, Clemson covers there. We didn't take it either way, so it didn't matter. Um, but they were comfortably mm-hmm. covered in that game on the road. Uh, USC at Colorado. This was at noon as well. So this was one of those other ones that we actually felt really good about halfway through the game. I'm like, you know, we're sitting here. It's 14 to zero at the first at the end of the first quarter. USC is just pounding the ball. Is is able to throw all over the lot. No problems. Uh, ends up being 34 to 14 at halftime, and we're like, okay, we're on the, we're on pace here to cover. They only needed to win by more than three scores, um, and then ultimately what happens is they get ahead, they're up by 28, and then Colorado scores 14. Uh, well, actually, they end up scoring 21 unanswered uh, and come back, and so they end up losing by seven. Um, I, I was impressed with Colorado; they were actually pulling back. I was actually shocked that they were able to get some stops there at the end against USC. Um, I know a lot of people are going to give USC defense a lot of uh issues here and kind of say that yeah and there is some concerns there i'd be but that offense they should have scored multiple times in the fourth quarter um they just couldn't move the ball and that's a problem because colorado's defense is not any good and i'm just gonna stand by that (laughs) all right yeah uh, i'm just gonna reserve my commentary on that we we, (laughs) we have a yeah we'll we'll see fair enough fair enough uh kansas at texas uh this is at 330 uh, Vegas had them favored by 17 points here. Uh, that's Texas, that is. And we went with uh, Kansas here saying that they would cover. Uh, they did not. Um, so 14 to 40. Um, I mean, the story of the day here was Jason Bean. Uh, Kansas' quarterback was 9 for 21 for 136 yards. Can't win, can't win doing that against Texas. So uh, it's 14 to 40. Wait, Bean, Bean was the QB? Yep. What happened to Daniels? Daniels was out. That was yeah. That was the that was the thing that really oh. hurt us. Yeah. He, he. Oh no. It was like a last minute scratch from the roster. So that that one I kind of don't want to beat myself up on because. But yeah, I'm not going to beat myself up on that because it, day, that's my, how it works. my whole thing was off the Daniels thing. Yep. So obviously you bring a different quarterback in and it is just not good. So <laughs> it's going to be hard to hard to do anything there. Um, LSU at Ole Miss. This is at six p.m. Um, mm. You know, we didn't cover here. We needed LSU to win by more than two and a half. We thought that was really low. Honestly, this is – you said four, which was really close to the Vegas line. I said they should be favored by 17. Uh, I thought they were going to come out and step on the gas and really show uh, who they were. But the, the the real story is is their, their defense is – I think we've now – we have enough evidence to say this defense is not good at all. Like, at all. is is They're below average nationally, and that's through several games. And I know Ole Miss has a, has a pretty good offense, but, it, you know – Letting 55 score and, and after playing Arkansas and letting them score up up to 40 and that sort of thing, it's just not not a great look. But it was a good game. It was back and forth. Um, but you get towards the end of the game, and I was like, I don't think LSU is going to win, let alone cover for us. So that was one that you know you're watching and you just kind of know you're going to you're going to take the the loss there. Um, after the LSU game, we had Notre Dame at Duke. Uh, this was a great game as well. Uh, it was pretty back and forth. Duke, Duke showed that they're legit. I think Elko has really got it going. Uh, their defense is, is showing up. You know, we end up saying that, that, you know, Notre Dame was only a five and a half point favorite. So we end up taking them here. They win by seven. So we get the cover. Uh, it's tough, tough scene for, for Duke here. Riley Leonard getting hurt, uh, high ankle sprain. Seems like he'll be up. Yeah, I really, I really hate that. 
especially right at the end of the I'm game. Like that's that's yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Um, but I, from an FSU fan perspective, I, I am a fan of it. But <laughs> we, we'll get to that in a few weeks. Um, next game was South Carolina at Tennessee. This is one that we knew pretty early on as well that it's not going to look good. I don't know where this Tennessee team's been. I mean, you guys didn't want to show up and do this against Florida, but uh, yeah, you were, guys didn't want to run on Florida like that. Like yeah. what the. Yeah, they're only 12 and a half point favorites. So we took South Carolina here. They end up winning by 21. Um, and it really was kind of out of, out of control pretty quickly, uh, into the second half or second quarter. And then in the second half was, you know, at that point, it was, it was just trying to get a backdoor, uh, South Carolina I mean, pull that off. If Tennessee just goes down the stretch being the Tennessee team we thought we were going to, they were going to be all season. Uh, Tennessee is a fan base, my friends. You, you have to be looking at that Florida game just going, why? Why? What What were we doing? And I'll tell you right now, it's, it falls squarely on Heupel. Heupel pulled some of this BS at UCF, and I really thought it was behind him now. It's not. It just seems to be a part of his, his DNA. Uh, but I did want to mention this. The, the spiciness of Mr. Spencer Ratley did the knife into that, that, uh, that rivalry they got. And he just went on to just, I mean, obviously, yeah, you guys kind of got beat pretty soundly there. But uh, he decides to sit there and go, well, I mean, you know, they won their Super Bowl. So, I mean, congrats to them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Woo, that is that is spicy coming from a guy who's on a team that it's not, it's looking like a bleak senior year, yeah, my man. I mean, dude, you, you just scored well 20 points. Stats. Yeah, you scored yeah. less points in that Florida offense. And if you look at Graham Mertz and you want to say that he's outperformed you, then okay, go go for that, man. <laughs> I'm loving it, though. I'm loving play it. This is, the, this is the Rattler I want. So, like, yeah, I'm sure. excited for that matchup later. Hell, I'm excited for them playing Missouri they're, or, or Georgia. No, they already played Georgia. But I'm just saying they're playing that, like, they're going to do it. I'm telling you, they're going to – what do we call that early in the year? Torpedo? They're going to torpedo somebody's season, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I callback. Ooh, callback. Look at that. Mm. All right. And then we also had West Virginia at TCU at, at, at a night game. This was a great game, back and forth. We, this we, is fantastic. We sounded the alarm here. We I, did. I know you were, you were at two, and I, I actually said West Virginia was going to be favored by one. Uh, so we said ultimately it was a pick but they were they were getting 11 points here in – we just said, I don't see it with TCU. I think the Colorado game, was, to me, was a huge uh, sound the alarm moment. I think people may have forgot about that after a few weeks. And uh, West Virginia showed up, and, man, they played physical and, and went into TCU and won the game 24-21. to 21. Uh, So that, that, was a, that was a good win for us because that was, we needed that. We needed to get a win there to kind of get us uh, back going here. Um, and then, uh, you know, last but not least, we had the Cheeks game. Yep. Yep. Well, I got to tell you though, like, I mean, um, before we, we get into that, I, I'm a I'm a Nears guy. All right, I, I like I like the Nears. Go Nears. Um, and you know what? Throw another coach on to the uh, listen to this pod list there, Jer. Because outside of Billy Napier and Matt Campbell, I think Neil Brown listens to the pod. He heard that that seat was about to be roasty toasty on fire, and he decided to be like, you know what? Hey, this is West Virginia. This is what we do, baby. This is what we do. And I love it. I love seeing this. Way to go, Neil. This is what everybody wanted you to be. Keep it going. Make it happen. Near Nation, stand on your feet. I know Texas A&M is going to have to keep Jimbo for a few more years because uh, I don't think uh, I don't think there's going to be an opening there for him. I was kind of halfway rooting for it, but you know what? Keep Neil Brown forever at this point. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, I, I, I like it. Last but not least, we had our Boston College game. Um, mm. Cheeks game of the week. <laughs> so, push Central. So, so yeah, that one that one ends up in a push. So that that means um, we we had Vegas had them at three, uh, favored by three, and they were they were down like twenty eight to seven at halftime. And I'm like, oh no, this is not this is not good for us. Um, they end up coming back and winning by three, uh, getting the push. Uh, I actually looked at the line, and, and that line moved to five uh, before kickoff. So we got it early enough in the week that uh, that actually. Gave us the push because if we would have taken it at five, we would have we would have lost there. So um, that ends up working out for us. But um, that's the that's the games for this week, um, brother. I got to tell you, the highlight for me. That's right, baby. I got out from under that damn cheeks, man. Oh boy, I was getting sat on. I was getting sat on by the cheeks. I needed a dub in that category. And you know what? I'm gonna take the push. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push those cheeks all day, baby. That was that was phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff. Just loving every second of it. Yeah. So that's mm, highlight for me. Everything else, there. Yeah. You're, you're gonna get. You're gonna get your 15 seconds. I got some commentary on some of this, but uh, yeah, we're we're gonna touch on it. But for me. Hell of a push with the cheats. Hell of a push. Yep. All right, now time for, of course, after our recap, the things we learned. The more you learn, the more you know, the more you know you're just in the know. It's the things we've learned, things we've learned. All right, so, yes, the things we've learned. Uh, Oregon and Washington might be the battle of the Pac-12, my man, I uh, I think Lincoln Riley might be absolutely crapping away at all generational talent at QB and a shot at the title because, for the love of God, he cannot get a defense wherever he goes. Yeah, I mean, my lord, this is ridiculous. It was it was like maybe alarming. Like maybe you wanted like the hairs on the back of my neck stood up when Arizona State was throwing twenty eight on you after zero the week before. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is like okay, they struggled against like Southern Utah. Okay, Southern U- who exactly? And USC is out here allowing twenty eight from them, and then you walk into Colorado. Who, by the way, I'm not sure a lot of us know this. They're ranked like 125th, if not 128th, total defense. USC, as Jared alluded to, kind of struggled in the fourth quarter to slam that door. Now again, hey, it's Dion. He, you know, he just gets him jazzed up and energized. But still, like this should have been a runaway train. This should have been 62-7. You just absolutely destroy their will and hope. Walk out. But you, know, you couldn't do that. Yeah, and I, mean, I just I don't understand. Yeah, you're you're an onside kick away and a weird bounce, and then Shador getting the ball back and getting scored on and going for two. You're that close to like getting embarrassed by this call. And you'd have been out of everything because I'm gonna tell you right now, one loss USC with a loss being against Colorado. Yeah. I, what I I mean, first of all, I don't really love your chances outside of that against Utah again. 
And then never mind the fact that you still have to pay Oregon and Washington. Then if you, which kudos to you if you win all three after dropping one to Colorado. But still, another loss is coming. You really think a two-loss USC with a Colorado loss on there is getting into the playoff? And no. So, yeah, th- this is this is outrageous. Now, in terms of the lowest of the lows, who this is begr- it begrudges me to say this, but at the same time, hey, I'm, I got to start letting go of my bias. I got to start being true to the CFB, and I got to drop my seminal, you know, love and tradition. I think it's time to put them on a watch. The we're back, maybe watch. The Miami Hurricanes. Miami has a very efficient offense. Very. Which is shocking because when they brought Gaddis in, it was horrendous. He didn't really change too terribly much there. Yeah, I mean, you got some recruits, but, you know, you're throwing in the freshman and this is what we're getting. Van Dyke's playing at an all-time high. He's got his confidence back. The the lines on both sides, O-line and Z-line, they're looking pretty pretty physical, pretty stout. And you're undefeated. Not a lot of pressure here, really. You could sneak into the ACC title game. Not a lot of people were expecting that. You could sneak into the the playoff if you win the ACC because not a lot of people were expecting that. In fact, a lot of the pressure resides school on your rivals to the north, Florida State. So... Hey, Miami, it's time to show me what you're made of. You get to play North Carolina. You get to play Clemson. You get to play Florida State. And I believe you get to play Louisville all the same. So it's coming, but undefeated, and you put yourself in a good position. Love that. Now, speaking of we're back, guess who's now very gettable? UGA. Oh, my heavens. Against Auburn? Auburn? What the heck was that? I didn't I didn't expect that at all. And at one point, I definitely thought UGA was in trouble. Now, had it not been for you actually you know what? I'm going to touch on that later, but you know, at this point it does let me know this year's wide open and it's for whoever wants it. It's for whoever's going to decide to buck up. And just be like, you know what? I don't care how how ugly or how pretty or how whatever. As long as I get a dub, we're going to the playoff. Uh, so for whatever team that decides to grit and grind it out, that I I, I promise you, we might have a, a playoff full of one loss teams. And mm. the one that has the the undefeated season, if it's not grit and grind it out, that's my first pick that they're to go. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I mean, yeah, you don't want to get halfway through the season or even further than halfway, and it's like you have no impressive wins. They've all been kind of like just getting by, and then you have a one loss against a you know a better team. The problem is they don't play anyone. So it's like let's say they lose to Tennessee, and that's their only loss, and they've won every other game, and people are going to say, oh, they're coming off of you know two national championships. If there's any one-loss team that should go in, it should be them. Well, if you've just barely gotten by all your other games, it's going to be hard to make that argument because there's a lot of teams that are going to probably be in that one loss section that are going to have better wins. So, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, that Auburn game was weird though too because that was one thing I was gonna I was gonna kind of put on the things we learned is, is there's parity in football now and 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 I don't know yeah. what I don't know what it is. Glad to have it back. 
Yeah, I don't know. Marvin Jones um, tweeted out like something about the transfer portal and how it creates parity, and it was a little cryptic at first. Um, and it, everyone was like, "Oh, is his son who's at Georgia um, is is he going to hit the transfer portal?" And so like all these different fans between like Miami and FSU and UF and you know everyone else in the in the region was like you know, oh, get your son to come here. Uh, and then he shortly tweeted out later, was like, it had nothing to do with my son or anything like that. I was just saying the transfer portals brought parity. I don't know if that's specifically it. It's probably that and a few other things. But, um, you know, I think you have less people that are wait- willing to wait on the bench and they're going to want to kind of go somewhere else. And whether it's a step down or not, um, they're going to want to play. So um, you have less talent sitting on benches and more more talent playing week to week. So it's just raising the the field everywhere. I, I will say with Georgia and Auburn, I, the only thing I was going to say about that game is like, it was a good game. I, I think freeze came out with a really good game plan. Um, just kind of controlling the ball a little bit and actually getting, uh, was it Peyton Thorne running around a little bit? So that was, yeah. I, I think that was a, a good game plan because that's something Georgia clearly was not prepared to handle. Um, but my, my biggest thing is like, guys, can we cover Brock Bowers? Are we allowed to just cover him? Can we just try and cover him instead of just letting him run 15 yards and just, wide open over the middle over and over and over again. Like there was a point at the end of the game. It was right before they scored their last touchdown. Um, it was the catch he had before they scored their last touchdown it was when they're driving. Uh, Georgia was that is. And uh, he catches the ball wide open over the middle. And of course, when you're watching on TV, you can't really see everything that's happening because it's so zoomed in. And I literally was sitting there and I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to see this replay. I want to see like how nasty of a route he runs to like shake a linebacker off of him and just get over the middle of the field and have this wide open run. So then he's in the second level, you know, trying to run past a, a safety. Nope, none of that. They just he just kind of just jogged in the middle of the field and caught a ball and just started running. I'm like, guys, how are you not covering him? He's he was already gone for like 120 yards today. I just don't understand how like at some point a DC doesn't just tell a linebacker or safety like, hey, that's the guy. Just cover him. I don't care if he beats you, but just I just need him to not be wide open over and over and over again. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I think there's a lot of DBs um, or, or defensive backs coaches and defensive coordinators that are in, in college football that like overcomplicate things and they're trying to do zone concepts and things like that. At some point, like when you look at the NFL, like sometimes like they just say, "Hey, Derwin James, you're gonna just guard Kelsey today." And you know, he's going to beat you, and that's okay. But we're not going to just let him catch wide open balls over the middle over and over and over again because if you keep allowing that, they're going to find him. And clearly Georgia figured that out second half and just basically said, okay, if you're going to give this to us, I'm going to take it. And they should have. And that's what ultimately won them the game is Auburn just had no answers for it. Well, I think that's right. So you, you touched on it. I wasn't going to touch on it until later. But, like, yeah, I mean, Brock went freaking God mode, okay? Like, I mean, this guy just he was did, the whole reason. But he did. But my thing is, like, and people, you look at his stats and, like, yeah, that was crazy. But he wasn't doing anything special. That's what's so crazy. And, yes, you could say, like, okay, that's what makes him special is that, like, he makes it look easy. But my point is, was like, watch his routes. He's not doing anything. He's just literally running, like, Five yard slants and ends, and once he catches the ball, then he's then he's very hard to bring down. I will give him that, and that's what he went when you say he went god mode. Yes, I mean he's like leaping over guys, shoving DBs off. But it's like, why don't you guys like try and hit him at the point of attack where he can't get up the speed running? Like get him while the ball's coming and and challenge him there because they're not they literally weren't throwing it to outside to anyone else, and they weren't doing anything else. And that's what drives me insane is like. Sometimes just simplify it. Like take away their best player and and do what you can and let him get 50, 60 yards, but don't just let him go for a buck 50 against you uh, when the game's on the line. 
No, I have to agree, but I mean that's that's probably where I was going to go with that. It's just like I mean the man's making like one-handed catches. He's just bulldozing people. Like I mean he's getting he, he between him and I think it's a Luther Burden. They have like the most yards after catch uh, in contact in like the entirety of college football. But like to your credit, yeah, like look, I get it. We want to run these like disguising little techniques, and you know, like oh, I mean, could it be a cover one? It might be a cover three. Oh, we're gonna send the linebacker on this one, but in the same formation, we're gonna have a corner blitz, and like then we're gonna stunt in the middle. But I mean, sometimes like you're right, like just just get to the basics, just get to the basics, and especially when you know. You know the best outlet for Carson Beck back against the wall is going to be their all-world tight end. Why in the hell are you running something where the linebackers clear out and he is on the line? He's not in the slot. He's on the line. And you're just like, yeah, nobody just nobody pay attention to him, okay? If anything, it's a run play. Like, I just I don't get it. But at yeah. the same time, that is why Auburn is Auburn currently, and yeah. that game was, was shocking. It was an absolute anomaly. Um, it was almost crazy. Everybody in college football, I'm sure, was on the edge of their seat. Like, could it happen? Uh, but, yeah, I, I loved it. I loved I loved seeing it. So, way to go, Brock. Yeah, so, I mean, the only other thing, so, like, thinking of, you know, talking about horrible defensive coordinator decisions, I, I was watching this game this weekend, and – I literally thought to myself with the LSU game, I, I said, can LSU fire their defensive coordinator, Matt House? Could they fire him this early in the season? He was good last year. Their defense was good last year. But they've returned so much, so much. And just the absurd decisions they made against Florida State on how they were using um, their, what is it, Mason Thomas or, oh, shoot, what's the guy's name? No, Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins, that's right. I was thinking Mason Smith, who's, who's the defensive tackle. Uh uh, yeah, Harold Perkins and like literally the immediately in the press conference afterwards and throughout the week, they like the the press grilled him about it. Like, why are you using him as this like shade? Like, kind of just like I'm going to spy a quarterback from a distance and keep him away from the ball and cover running backs in space. Like, this is the guy who's been getting after the quarterback all year last year and was really good. Why are you making him do something else? And Brian Kelly came out and was like, yeah, we made the wrong decision there. Well, you still are making poor decisions on the defensive side of the ball because you can't stop anyone. And you have one of the best offenses that you've ever had at LSU. And, yes, I understand Joe Burrow was there and said this. I think this is up there with them. I mean, they are really good on offense. They're very efficient. They move the ball. The only time they really had some struggles was in the second half against FSU. I still don't know what happened there. But other than that, they've been moving the ball, and they've lost – the two games they've lost is because they can't play defense, and it's 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 embarrassing. Shocking. So I'm just like, oh, so what do you do? I'm like, can you just move on? I, in short, you probably shouldn't, but I will say I was thinking about it, and I immediately found out that Indiana and Georgia Tech just fired two of their OCs in D.C. So Indiana just fired offensive coordinator after five games. He's only been there for five games. Well, I guess he was there last year. Um, but... but he, they're two and three. I mean, when you're doing that bad of a job, yeah. See, see you, Junior. Yeah. Can, <laughs> let me let me give you a blast from the past here. Any guesses on who their offensive coordinator was that they just fired? Indiana's or Georgia Tech's? Uh, Indiana. Sorry, offensive coordinator at uh, Indiana. Um, mm. I'll give you a hint. He was at Maryland as an offensive coordinator. Okay. And then he was at. Florida State as an offensive coordinator for one year, and then he went over to UMass as a head coach. Shut the hell up. It was Walt Bell. Walt Bell. Five games fired. 
Middle of the season. Oh my <laughs> This guy's got one of the worst coaching tenures out there. Son, are you good at anything? Yeah, this is this is so questionable as to why Taggart even brought him on. I don't get it. I don't get it. One Failing handsome, upwards this one man. handsome guy, he'll, he's getting it done. And then Georgia Tech, uh, they didn't fire him, their defensive coordinator, but they demoted him officially in the, in the press, which is basically firing him. Uh, they demoted Andrew Thacker, who's actually been there for four years, which I'm like, uh, you don't want to do that during this like off season. Like if you, you kind of knew what you had, he's been there for four years. I don't know what's changed from then since now that you're demoting him, but maybe there'll be more news coming out there. But I, I, long story short is I guess you could make a move. I don't really know what it does this early in the season, but I, I, I at some point someone's head's going to have to roll at LSU because that's not going to work uh, for them. I mean, if not the DC, it's going to be Brian Kelly, but yeah. you know, yeah, and so I don't. I if it doesn't get better, I mean, if they if they lose two or three more games in the next like four or five, it's gonna get. You're gonna have to start doing something, especially if you're still putting up fifty points. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, hey, I mean, that's that's it for the things we learned. Uh, right before we move into week six, everybody, we've got something fun for you. We got a new segment. All right, and this segment is uh, it's it's gonna be a mainstay. It's here to stay. We're already calling it right now. Uh, but, we, you know, Jared and I have uh, repetitively seen these, these issues. So, you know what? We're going we're gonna to problem solve here, here, okay? That's what we do. That's what good people that's what the good people in the business world do. We solve problems. And uh, here we go. So we're going to solve this problem, which is we were getting boned by some of the same teams over and over and over again on these spread picks being favorites, so you know what? It's time to lay rest in our new segment. This is the Boneyard. So, welcome to the Boneyard. Uh, here are the rules of the Boneyard. Uh, you get two to three strikes based on how your performance, because here's the deal. I, I would love to give everybody three strikes, but if one of your strikes is just so horrendously bad, that counts as two now. I'm just not, I'm not even going to play games. Okay. So each team will get at least two to three strikes based upon performance every season based on how things go. Uh, if you let us down and spread coverage horrendously, you now receive that strike. Uh, you are no longer eligible once you lay rest in the boneyard uh, to be picked as a favorite in spread uh, for the remainder of the season. Now, come season then, we're you know, hey, we're we're forgiving people. You know, we're 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 like our our brothers in Christ. Okay, we we forgive and for, we forget, and we throw it as far as the east is to the west. But uh, here's the deal: if you turn around. And you do this to us again next season, we're going to banish you to the Shadow Realm. I'm not having it. And that sanction will stay until performance has greatly improved to a point where you go, you know what? It's silly. We're almost losing money because we've banished them to the Shadow Realm. Or, i.e., there has been a coach firing. So, to start us off, everybody, let's get excited. Number one on our list to lay the rest in the boneyard is going to be 
USC. USC, I'm so done with your ass. It's unreal. So I think where it all kind of started for me was Arizona State. It was just like, hmm, that's a toughie. Don't love that. And uh, you know what? We'll give him another chance. Three touchdowns over over Colorado. Seems doable because, you know, your your buddies to the north, the old ducks, if you will, absolutely demolish these boys. And to our point, you guys were one little squib kick away and one two-point conversion from losing, and thus your all-generational quarterback shot at a title and hopes would be gone. So, therefore, my faith in you is gone. I'm over it. Goodbye. Have fun in L.A. Uh, doing whatever the hell it is that you do, besides playing defense, because you don't. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Just uh, get your influencer money and, you know, just uh, get a tan or whatever, because I, I, I don't care about you anymore. All right, number two. Everybody, put your hands together. Iowa State. Matt Campbell, I've had enough, buddy. I've had enough. (laughs) This is ridiculous, man. And you know what, Jack? I'm sorry, Bo, but this is... You know what was... You know what was really, like, the biggest indicator for me? He kind of let me down against Iowa. Like that, I was like, ooh, okay. All right. Probably should have seen that one coming. That one's on me. They haven't really beat Iowa in, in the past... They got gambling addicts on their team. They had to kick off, you know, whatever. But then you go to Ohio and you score, as I corrected myself a a few weeks ago, seven points. Mmm. Man, you told them. The Bobcats. Not even the Buckeyes. No, the Bobcats. Then you try to earn back my affection. With like this, like tiddly wink little win over Oklahoma State, who seems like they're more lost in the desert than Moses. But I mean, after after this past week, nope, you're dead to me, Campbell. Dead to me. All right, number three. Speaking of teams. They're just vastly disappointing me week over week, and I have absolutely zero finger on the pulse. So you know what? I'm just going to throw you in a ditch, and let's call that ditch a grave. Arkansas. (laughs) Arkansas, what the hell are we doing? I'm sick and tired of this crap, man. You walk into the BYU game, and it's like, okay, you guys should definitely win this, right? Come on. And you don't. You lost... To a bunch of, like, yeah, I get it, grown men, they're 28. But, like, okay, they've been building, like, mud pits out in, like, the Polynesian Islands. Okay? Like, they've got six kids. They've got more stress. And, like, their, their minds are not on football, okay? This is not their main source of income. They, 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 they're probably, you know, door knocking and then building people's houses, painting outside stuff, you know, spreading the good word or the good word of Joseph Smith. Like this, this, this should have been an easy dub. You didn't do it, okay? Mm, I took a little bit of a hit, right? So then, then we go into LSU, and I'm like, okay, you should probably get trounced by LSU. What do you do? You give LSU a game. 
I'm confused. It's like, okay, so so this is the Arkansas team we thought we had, right? This is like we're just a week late. Oh well. <laughs> All right. Come on, Arkansas. A and M. They lost their starting quarterback. Okay. This is like this is like your Super Bowl, right? Okay, this is the Jerry Jones Bowl. And you show up and you just absolutely crap the bet. Sam Pittman, I'm over it, man. I'm done. I don't want to pick you anymore. You're a joke. And your woo pigs just just eat dirt, man. I'm so darn. At the same time, since we're on the topic, LSU. <laughs> you get two. Two death bells. I'm, uh, what, what the hell is going on at LSU? I'm, uh, you get two death bells because of two things here. Number one, I've been picking on you, okay? So, Mississippi State, you whooped their ass. And it's like, okay. Yeah, that's that's that, that makes sense. That's who we thought we were going to get. Then you almost lose to Arkansas. What? What? What are you doing? This is ridiculous. Your defense looks like ass. And then Ole Miss, okay? Like, Bama handled Ole Miss. Obviously speaking, your LSU, your standards should be win the West, be better than Bama. In fact, all different other types of competition in the West should be like peons, okay? And you're out here in, again, with the damn 74-73 dogfight, is anybody going to play defense today type kind of game against Old Miss? Which, don't even get me started on Old Miss. I don't even know what the hell's going on there. Lane Kiffin can't decide if he wants to move to the Hamptons or if he's still okay to shack out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just I don't get it. This guy, this guy's either in a in a loveless marriage, or he's absolutely ready to travel the world, being the number one pop Taylor Swift. Okay, he's he's either living the Taylor Swift lifestyle, which apparently he doesn't want, or he just wants to be like, I'm never gonna get off of this. Like it, it, Lane, you're pissing me off, man. You're you're close to this too, buddy. You might get thrown in the in the grave. But my God, Brian, you've lost two games already. And your defense is ass. I promise you, son, you drop anything else the rest of the season. The only way you're going to earn the people of Baton Rouge's affections back is if you beat Bama. And you you better hope to God you don't drop one against Texas A&M. Or else it's your head. Which, coincidentally, I just buried. So... That's the boneyard. Uh, we are no longer going to be taking the favorites on USC, Iowa State, Arkansas, and LSU for the rest of the season. And this is a TBD because some other ones, as you, Ole Miss, I'm looking at you. Uh, we're just going to see how that goes. But yeah, thank yeah. you. That thought, was a boneyard. I, I thought uh, I thought you'd have a. We said USC. I was like. This could be either USC, but I think the other one maybe USC over here on the East Coast, uh, South Carolina. That is, uh, they're, they're they're just they're they're hanging out, um, kind of on the outside of the boneyard, looking in a little bit for us. We're 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 getting the shovels ready for them, but they're not quite ready for that. Mm, they're still they're still like I'm still holding out for them to like torpedo somebody's season. So at this point, they're just like they're my ride to the boneyard. They're like my accomplice in this. And okay. I'm just kind of like, you're going to shut up, or you're going to end up in the grave, too. Oh, uh, so they're like the grave digger. They're the, the ones that are Yeah, gonna... yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like my driver slash grave digger and all this. Got they're it. like, uh, if I'm going down, the ship's coming down with me, and you're, you're, you're the one I'm looking at here. 
So, yeah, Scarolina's driving the car for me. Okay. Okay, I, I'm down with that for a little bit. We'll see. They might they might slip into the boneyard here soon. I'm, I'm Ole Miss is, is about to catch catch a shovel to the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, Scarolina's whispering in my ear, just do it. Him, not me. <laughs> All right, you want to you wanna move on to week six? Yeah, we're going to move on to week six. All right, so here we go. Week six, we're going to get started with the Nooners. Now this was a this is a bit of a weird one for me. Okay, so uh, I don't I don't really understand this, but here we are. We've got not ranked, undefeated Maryland going into Columbus, Ohio, number four, Ohio State. This is an absolute travesty that Maryland is not ranked. Are you kidding me? I don't think I understand, especially when you, the AP's just like. Throwing Florida in there. Like, oh, yeah, Florida's yeah. really good. Come on, rank it. L- LSU's still ranked. We'll just throw that out there. Yeah, LSU's still ranked. They got two losses. What are we doing? Granted, yeah, they're the two ranked teams, but I don't care. You, you've you lost twice. Yeah, Where you're also, Maryland? You're also, like, dropping FSU each week. Like, I don't know if these guys are any good, but then you're also saying, like, oh, LSU should still be ranked because they only lost by 21 points to that really good FSU team. It's like, well, which one is it? Which one is it? Uh, anyways, uh, I could die on that yeah. hill all day, so we'll, we'll get yeah, off the I'm I'm super upset for Maryland. Uh, I don't have any ill will towards the Terps, especially now that I've had, like, a, like a cool-down period since they left the ACC. But, uh, yeah, so Dahlia is on fire. This guy's on an absolute heater. Mike Loxley. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I've seen this tossed around Twitter a little bit, or X or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, There there are some people out there that are getting a a little in their feels, uh, a little little, uh, turnt, if you will, and I kind of agree with them here. They're getting upset that uh, there's such coverage over there for Dion, and yet Mike Loxley (laughs) is doing... The exact same job, if not better, with an undefeated Maryland. He's got himself an all-black staff, and they're out there crushing it. No coverage. Nobody's even ranking these guys. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't understand it. So you know what? I can't help but you know have myself be rooting for Mike Loxley this weekend. I want the upset because I really think, you know, oh, oh, we got a tough team. We got a tough team out here in Columbus. This guy needs to be knocked down a peg, man. I'm, I'm done with it. But uh, hey, Ohio State might be figuring themselves out, and unfortunately, this thing's in the shoe. Uh, I would have much rather this thing been in the snake pit over there at a uh, uh, college park. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So with that being said, I got Ohio State at six and a half. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree. I'm I'm on board with that. I would love to see kind of Maryland pull this one off and just see what the story comes out. Um, because I do think I think they're going to get more attention as things go on. I, I saw some people complaining about it, and my thing is like, it's Dion though. Like it's, it has nothing to do with like two Correct. different African American coaches that are at good. It, it's all about Dion at that point. It doesn't matter about race. But uh, as far well, as then, let, yeah, goes, let me let me correct myself here. Like it's just. I think like if anybody wants to go down that route, go for it. I don't think that's the argument here, and I have to agree with Jaron. Like it's Dion. Dion is the prima donna. He's the diva. He's like, like this is like somebody being like, "Well, hey, why does nobody care about Hillary Duff?" Because Taylor Swift is on fire. That's why. And it's Taylor Swift, like, come on, we, we all 
love Hillary, but come on. Mm, the real what ones. The real ones, though, so, about Hillary. Yeah. All right, I'm off my soapbox. Go All right. 40, yeah, yeah. 43 oh, to 30 yeah. last year. I'm looking at you, Mr. O'Kane. I don't know. <laughs> 43 to 30 last year. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say it's pretty criminal that they're not ranked. Um, they've taken care of business. The only thing is is they haven't really played anyone. I mean, they just came off of a game winning uh, by like three or four touchdowns against uh, that, that uh, Indiana team that just fired Wall Bell. So, uh, and then you had Michigan State a few weeks previously, right, during the crazy Mel Tucker drama. You've We've already documented how bad Virginia is. Uh, they played Charlotte, who's actually one and four, and said so they're not even good against their their equal opponents. And then uh, who else did they play? Like Tungsten or t- I don't I don't know. So they they really they really haven't played anyone. Towson. So Towson. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, they they really haven't played anyone. So I I don't know yet. That's the only thing. Um, but obviously Ohio State's defense is going to be by far the best they've played so far. Uh, it's probably going to be the hardest test they have all year. So. Um, the big question for me is more around Ohio State's offense. You know, we kind of talked about it after week one. Like, is this a concern? Should we be worried? Um, and we kind of still aren't really sure because my thing is, like, with that Notre Dame game is, like, yes, Notre Dame's defense is good. But at the same time, like, Ohio State was one play away, which I would argue they probably should have lost the game because they threw a pick and the guy dropped it. But we don't need to go back yeah. into that. But, I mean, they're one play away from from only scoring 10 points in that game and losing. So, how much you know that one little small play uh, is is kind of the difference there between seventeen and ten points, and ten points is not good. I mean, we'd talk, be talking about how big of a problem it is that this offense is if if they didn't w- end up winning that game. Um, it's interesting though, like nationally, they're they're in terms of offensive offensive efficiency, they're actually ranked twelfth, so they're actually pretty high up there. Um, they're fifth in the passing game and and below average rushing, which is. That's something interesting to me as well. So I, I don't really know. I think maybe they can get some things going here, but I think kind of a, a score that I would look at is probably something closer to 23 to 33. So I was going to say 10 points to Ohio State here. Mm, okay. Split the difference, I think we're looking at, what, eight? Yeah. Which is fair. Which is I, I think that, that, that's probably a good one. Home field advantage, I see them as like kind of maybe like winning by a touchdown, maybe less. But, yeah, that sounds about right. I'll take eight. Yeah, because that was that was the thing is I, I was closer to you with six, and then when I thought about being at on the on the road, Maryland's going to have to deal with you know Ohio State team that's really you know the fans that are just ready to try and will this team to to a victory here and and make it really challenging on the road, and this is going to be the hardest defense they play. That was kind of my concern. Right. All right, Boone. So you collectively we're we're at eight here. Yep. All right. So this is where that's, I'm looking. That's the ticket, son. So. I'm a little concerned here because they have Ohio State favored by 20, and I don't see it. (laughs) Oh, Maryland. Maryland, we're smashing it. I'm smashing Loxley. Loxley, I believe in you, brother. Come on. Don't let me down. Don't let me down here. Uh, Arguably, I think Ohio State might, maybe even should be, put on upset alert. I'm not going to sound the horn, but it's, it's doable. It's doable. It's good. Oh, it's up there. I, I think. I think we could sound it if you want. I'm. I'm in on it. I, I, Twenty points is a lot, but I. Oh. I'm a little concerned okay. here. All right, Ohio State, buddy, you are on upset alert. I like Mike Loxley here. I really do. 
Uh, he's been just getting appreciably better here and there every year. Uh, finished the season strong. Got a got a Tagovailoa back there, quarterback, and the guy's just getting better and better. Um, yeah, I think this is look. Th- this is your thing for Talia to be like, yo, dude. If you're gonna take it, take it. Yep. Take the crown. Make yeah, it happen. This makes me really nervous for sure. Very nervous. But uh But yeah, uh, I think three almost three touchdowns. That is wild. Yeah, I still Especially I still, for a team you didn't beat by three touchdowns last year. Yeah, and we think this seems a little better, so we'll see. Um Okay. Yeah, let's let's move on to the next game. All right, cool, cool, cool. I like that. All right, so next game. Oh boy. Here we go. Alright, well, next game is uh uh, I, I mean, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give their flowers, man. We got ourselves a game down there in the Columbia, Missouri. Number twenty-four, LSU, is gonna be hosted in Columbia at Zoo, Missouri Tigers. It's a tiger on tiger affair. Now I gotta tell you, like I said, now freaking boneyard, Brian Kelly. I'm absolutely irate with LSU this season. I mean, just what the hell are we doing? Let me tell you something. If this game, if this game ends in an L, if I'm LSU, fire him. Fire him right there. Fire him on the spot. Just you gone. You kidding me? Three and three to start the year. Really let that sink in. Completely unacceptable. This is a failed experiment all the way. No way should you have three L's this early in the season, if at all. And I cannot trust you. Now, flip side of the coin. Hey, baby. This is like this is like walking in to the bar and like in complete she's all that fashion. That one little ugly nerdy chick walked in, and she's, oh, my God, she's amazing. Oh, what is that? Are those bangs? Is that a straight hair? Did she just learn how to put on makeup? And she just walks up to the bar. Hey, one drink. Gets a beer. Slides it down real cool. Right into the right into the palm of her hand there, right? And she just puts her out on the edge of the bar. and There it is. Pops the cap. Absolute tornado downs the drink. And all the while, just like, just hits you with the wink. Oh, who the hell is that? Is that Mary Beth? Yes, it is. And that is Eli Drinkwitz now. Look at Missouri. Oh, my God. This is vastly better than whatever I could have said the, the Missouri season would have gone by at this point. This is this is outrageous. Is it? I mean... We we didn't think they had a quarterback. They had well Jake Jake Garcia transferred in, Sam Horn, who they recruited, and my guy, Sir Bailey. This guy. He decides to, oh, I think I'm gonna play I think I'm gonna play quarterback this year, coach. I think I am. Not only that, you got a baller. Absolute baller. Luther Burden and wide receiver. Mm. And it's at home. Is that the zoo? Due to the sanction, we're taking Missouri. Out of my own 
thought, I would still take Missouri. Now, the question is, again, if LSU loses this, again, they're 3-3. Three and 3-3. Three. Three and three. You're clearly going to fire Brian Kelly. Do they decide to get it together? I got Missouri by three and a half. You got Missouri favored by three and a half. That's correct. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, so is, this is an interesting matchup too because these teams don't play each other very often. They played in that COVID year, uh, and Missouri ended up winning forty-one to forty-five. But both of the both of the head coaches and there the entire staff wasn't here. Just a bunch of a bunch of offense, no defense from the LSU. Yeah, so unreal. I, I do think it's an interesting game because you kind of mentioned it with Luther Burden, but these are the two top wide receivers in the country right now uh, in terms of yards and touchdowns. So Luther Burden has oh, forty three. Yeah, forty three receptions for six forty four and five TDs, and right behind him, number two in the country, Malik Neighbors, forty receptions for six twenty five and five TDs. So they're they're oh, wow. neck and neck. Uh, this is like battle of the of the wide receivers uh, to see who's going to be at the, at the top at the end of this. So uh, the most touchdowns in the country between the two of them, uh, and then both of them are the only two receivers with more than six hundred yards on the season so far. So um, pretty impressive, pretty impressive for both of them. Um, obviously, we know Neighbors has been in and out of games with some small injuries, but every time he comes back in, he's he's looking good. So I'm curious to see what that looks like uh, in this game uh, and see kind of if, if we see back-to-back blows between the teams. Um, LSU right now is fourth best offense in the country. We kind of talked about it a little bit. They're getting 3.36 points per drive, uh, which is which is really efficient. Um, they do a really good job of avoiding negative plays and negative drives. Um, Daniels is just obviously really, really hard to bring down. And so getting sacks and getting them behind the chains is really challenging. Uh, from, from a defensive state, we don't need to get into it too far, but, you know, 86th overall efficiency in the country is not getting it done at LSU, especially when you come into the season expecting to have several, you know, first round, second round draft picks on your defense. Uh, even if you do have some challenges in the secondary, uh, with that much talent, you shouldn't be this far back uh, in terms of just overall efficiency. So, um, you know, I, I will give them a little bit of credit is that they the two games they did lose to were both against top 10 offenses between Ohio State – or not Ohio State, sorry, Ole Miss and Florida State. Um, those two teams, in terms of efficiency, have top 10 offenses right now. Uh, and so it, it is kind of a challenge there, but at the same time, uh, you got to be able to hold them to a, to something. You can't just let them do whatever they want all over you with the talent you have. So, um, you know, right now against the run, they're the 99th worst in the country. Um, and so – QB runs, I think, is a big part of that. Obviously, in the Arkansas game, we saw a lot of that going on. But Missouri just really has not been good on the ground. They've been really leaning on on the passing game. So that get, that's right. the one thing that, that, that concerns me there. I, I'm not impressed by Missouri. I, I will say I don't think they should be ranked. Um, oh. But I still think this will be a close game. So I was going to say LSU should be favored by six. I'm thinking like 36-42 is probably a good number uh, for mm. us here. No can do. They're in my graveyard. I can't do it. So let's see what Vegas brings about to. Uh, so between the two of us, that puts us around, you said three and a half one way. I said six. That puts us around like two points. Still puts us in LSU territory. LSU territory. I can't do it. Well, you don't have to worry about it because uh, us splitting it here, Missouri is uh, five and a half point dogs in this game. So 
Take it. Take it. I don't. I don't. I don't like what we're doing here, Boone. But I'll. I'll, I'll ride with you here. Um, I'll, I have uh, to be true. To, I have to be true to the service. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll ride here with uh, with uh, with Missouri. <laughs> I love it. Great job. Great stuff, baby. Come on. Come on, Mizzou. Don't let me down. If not, this is going to be your first strike. I hope you guys know that. At what point do I put you in the graveyard if I'm on the right side of this one? Bro, I can't I can't just go have this whole monologue about putting LSU in the graveyard and then be like, okay, LSU, I'm going to pick it. One last just, time. Honestly, just make a fool of me. Honestly, <laughs> what I was hoping for is you'd be a lot closer to me, and then we could just say this is a no-take, and we'd be close to Vegas, but... Uh, I I just don't know what to do with these teams, but I'm I'm fine with the process. Let's stick. To I mean, the we could we could we could slap it with the no take because no, I am at three and a half, and it is they they're five dogs. No, we're no, we're, no, we're, no. we're we're far enough off. We're like two and a half points off. Um, All right, we, we got to ride with it. All right, let's do it, Missouri. Come on, baby, don't let me down. All right, well, here we are, the next nooner. The stars at night are big and bright Deep in the heart of Texas Ooh, we got ourselves the Texas State Fair Football, fried food in the Red River Rivalry Just the way God intended it Well, I'm out here in the Dallas this week I uh, got some stuff for work But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right here in the damn heart of it, son so this game is going to be an absolute certified banger. Dylan Gabriel's playing this game, didn't play last year. And that's when Texas decided to take him out behind the shed like old Yeller and just <laughs> tune the skull. I mean, it was embarrassing for Oklahoma. Uh, but this ain't last year, okay? Nah, Dylan Gabriel's back. He's, he's ready for vengeance. We got a Brent Venables team that's starting to get its defensive feet under them. Mmm. They love a physical, mean type of defense down there in the Norman. However, Sarkeesian looks to have turned a bit of a corner here. No longer is he going to be a part of the whole, oh, we're back. And then you drop an absolute stinker of a game. Got past Baylor, got past Kansas. And I know what you're thinking. Come on, Boone. That's Baylor in Kansas. Hey, man, in the past, it was giving them trouble. This one's going to be a bit of a slugfest, a little bit of a slow burn. I got Texas at four and a half. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, this this game was weird last year. This is, I don't even remember. This was the 49-0 to whooping that Texas laid yeah, on it Oklahoma. Was, it was a big announcement. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and obviously Venables is still installing and doing that sort of thing. They look a lot better this year, um, just overall. And they they got a lot better throughout the season, so um, I, I think we probably don't want to put too much into that game specifically. Um, Texas has looked good on offense. I mean, they they not, not only they've looked good, they've been good on offense. Um, the difference, though, this year I think is Oklahoma has been good on defense, and so. I'm curious right. to see what's going to happen here because obviously we've seen Texas versus Alabama, but that was a weird game in the second week of the season. Um, I, 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 I that game was I, I don't want to know how much we want to put into that between Alabama and Texas, but it did happen, uh, so we, we we can't ignore it. But um, Texas is very good at generating explosive plays, while Oklahoma is 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 
struggling. Methodical. Is struggling to prevent them actually. That in terms of like where they're weak is is the big play. They're really good at keeping things in front of them, uh, getting getting teams to get three and outs. Um, but as far as getting a, a one hit play here and there, that's one thing that that's the the main place that people are hitting them on. So that's a curious kind of little matchup. I'm curious to see is, is can Texas make a big enough of those big plays, or can Oklahoma kind of revert to actually being able to stop those more frequently. Uh, so I'm curious to kind of see what happens there because sometimes it's kind of like that Tennessee game where it's like if Texas tries to go for the big play a few times and let's just say like throws the deep ball a few times or tries to, to, to do something um, outside of their normal play script and Oklahoma just happens to be able to defend it or maybe they just don't hit here and there, well, all of a sudden you could look up and you're like, you know, halfway through the game you're like, well, we haven't really hit any of these, but we've thrown a lot of plays away and then we got a few three and outs and – you know, you're kind of in trouble. So you don't want to get behind the chains against this Oklahoma defense. So I'm curious to see. That's that's going to be a huge, I think, huge factor in the game that we just can't tell based on how Texas is going to come out. Um, right, and but, it's a rivalry game. So you always see, you know, the, there's some type of, like, oomph that comes from absolutely seemingly nowhere. So Yeah, and this was something that surprised me, too, is, is Texas, in terms of overall efficiency, um, they have the number one defense in the country based on overall efficiency. And that's after playing an Alabama team that, which I know they're figuring it out still, but it's not like you've only played cupcakes. There's a lot of teams that have only played cupcakes and, and you're still telling me that they have a better defensive efficiency uh, in terms of people getting, you know, not being able to score points on you. Uh, that's pretty impressive. So Oklahoma, I, I think they have a pretty good offense above average offense, but they're not on the Texas elite defense level. So I'm a little worried there. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be a blowout. I already mentioned that. Um, but I, I'm going to say Texas should be favored by seven here. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Yeah, I just I don't think this is just going to be a blowout. Like, that's just where I'm at. Like, it, it's going to be a tight game. If, if either one of these teams blows out the other, I'll be vastly impressed. But, yeah, like, I mean, they're both good. I think Texas is probably the better team. They should win. Uh, but Oklahoma's definitely not going to make it easy. So, yeah, all right. So where where were we at here? You you said seven. I have, what, four and a half? Yeah, let's make it, uh, what, five and a half? Six? Yeah, five Yeah, five and a half. All right. So Roughly. Oklahoma, uh, they're favored by six and a half. Ooh, we're close. We are. I think we're pretty spot on. I don't think we touched this one. I think we're too close to Vegas here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just one of those that like I really don't want to take Oklahoma on that. Like I'd feel more comfortable taking Texas, but I do think it's more yeah. likely for Texas to blow them out um, than anything. But I also wouldn't be shocked if Oklahoma just like shows up and is like, no, we've got a legit offense and a legit defense that's good enough to beat Texas. And I, I still don't know how I feel about Texas, like with that Alabama game. But because I still don't know how I feel about Alabama. I think with a lot of these teams, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, and if it never does, it's like, oh, oh, okay, we're in the clear. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. The only thing I was going to say is, like, I think if Texas wins this game, I think they're going to run the rest of the regular season. Like, they literally – the only other two tests they have is K-State and TCU, and and both those teams are not looking all that special. I mean, they they could threaten, but, I mean, that's, like, literally the rest of their tests. So – um, I would I say that K State stands more of a chance than than TCU does. I I agree, but I also still think it's that's still kind of a. I'm not that worried about them, especially if they win this game. Um, I won't be that worried, but uh, you know, I, we'll see with Texas. I'm I'm interested. I, I'm actually kind of rooting for them. I would I would like to kind of see them in a playoff. I think it'd be fun. 
Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, all right. Great. So, um, well, with that, that's going to move us over into. Ooh, we got ourselves the afternoon delights. Love the afternoon delights. Oh, buddy. Do I love them. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and kick this thing off. We're going to start on the West Coast uh, for this game. And, uh, son, this is wild times. Wild times. We got the number 13 Wasu Cougars. UCLA. <laughs> what the what the heck? This is interesting because if you had told me earlier in the year, one of these teams would be ranked 13th by week six. One. Ten out of ten times, I am guessing UCLA. Eight? No way in hell. I thought that was gonna be Washington State. But Wazoo, baby, look at you! You got a spicy little head coach out here picking fights with Lee Corso, talking about God knows what, mishearing him, thinking like he's like, oh, this is the, the nobody watches you bowl. Yeah, instead what he actually said was nobody wants you bowl. Still not a better insult, but this guy's out here like Lee Corso's just old and he's drooling on himself and screw him, go kooks. Like, all right, love it. Spicy, spicy, hell yeah. And let's talk about Cam Ward. Cam Ward is a baller of a quarterback. Man, this guy's got them looking smooth. But here's the thing. It is in the Rose Bowl, and UCLA has a chance to earn some dignity back. They could get the upset here. It's kind of doable. Not willing to sound the alarm, though. I think Washington State is going to keep this little miracle run going. I got them. By three. Ooh, I like that number. So, yeah, well, this game, just looking at recent games they played together, so they played in 2019. Interesting stat about this game. They were the over-under, so the team totals, the, the combined points for this game that Vegas had set was 59.5. This game ended 63-67. to 67. They both cleared the number on their own. Crazy number. Crazy. Uh, that was back in 2019. 63-67? to 67? Yes. Where's the defense? See, that's kind of where I thought this was going. It was, it was just going to be like, who's going to not score enough? Shocked Vegas, too. Insane. So, um, both teams coming off a bye here. Um, obviously, uh, you know, they've only both only played four games. So, uh, the big the big one that we really can take some something from is that Utah game uh, where Utah held UCLA to seven points. Uh, I know we know that Utah defense is legit, and so – um, you know, and actually holding them to 14 points isn't too bad. So I'm not that down on UCLA, even though they lost that game. Uh, I, I don't feel too bad about that. So I agree. I think this is close to a pick I think UCLA has a better offense than people think, though. Um, they haven't yeah, been efficient. I would have to agree. They haven't been efficient enough to create a bunch of explosive plays, but UCLA has, has been really good at running when they choose to, and Washington State has been – Pretty good against um, the pass, but not very good against the run. So I'm curious to see kind of what offensive game plan UCLA will come out with there to try and attack them. UCLA's defense is really, really good. I think, uh, you know, Cameron Ward, though, is is on, on, on Washington State side at QB is 
He's legit, man. He can run, but he's he dirty, really, bro. He doesn't really have he's to. So he's so dirty. Really smooth with it, can really throw the ball. Um, I, I'm I'm excited to kind of see some more here against a, a better defense. So, um, yeah, Washington State obviously incredibly efficient on offense. Um, you know. My thing is like if they had an average run game, like a traditional run game, just average, just not below average, average, they'd probably have a top three offense in the country. That's how good they are at moving the ball in the air. Um, they yeah, just were not. so bad on the ground. So uh, I'm curious to see if that makes them one dimensional. But either way, I'm still going to say they're favorites in this game. I'm going to say Washington State should be favored by two and a half here. Mm, all right, I like that. I say I think we're pretty we're pretty damn close to each other. Then uh, do you want to take three or do you want me to come down to two and a half? I'm fine with either. Uh, it's not going to matter here because actually UCLA is favored by three and a half points here. So we're going to go with Washington. Oh, yeah, we're definitely taking Washington State hundred percent, baby. Oh, I love this. Yeah, we got the little, uh, yeah, just little give, upset just, here. Just give me a reason to root for Washington State. Come on, come on, baby, come on. All right, well, next one up. <laughs> Hey, Alabama, you're going to go over there to the Kyle Field there with the Texas A&M Aggies. Now, this is uh, is interesting because Texas A&M no longer has Wegman. He's gone. He's he's done. He's done ski. Done ski for the season. Um, And I really thought Texas A&M would be super out of this game. Uh, But, lo and frickin' behold, Look who's back there as the backup at Texas A&M. None other than the lefty Max Johnson, Brad's kid. Just making it happen, man. He went out there and made Arkansas look silly. However, Nick, Pastor Nick, took that football squad to church, and oh boy, I don't want to know what the sermon was. But it probably had a lot to do with the phrase conviction. (laughs) Uh, they figured it out. Milrose the guy. Thank the Lord. It is at Kyle Field, which is known to be very rowdy, and here and there gives Bama trouble. Not today. I got Bama at eight and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, here's my thing. I still don't understand why Texas A&M is not ranked here. Like, I know they lost to Miami, but that was a pretty good, good game like it wasn't like they got blown out i think it was a little got a little out of hand towards the end but i mean that was a that was a good game and i think they've proven that they've been pretty good i'm not i'm not super down on them i i I think they're significantly better than lsu and what they've shown so far so i I would say they probably should be ranked which actually i think is going to help us here if we're going to go texas and um but we'll see how that shakes out so my thing is is I think we're about to find out what, what Texas A&M is and what Alabama is. I, I I think we have enough data after this game, but I'm still kind of curious. I'm not sold on Bama still. I think they found something. Um, I really do think they found something, but I really don't know if that's enough to beat better teams. Um, so I'm curious to see what that happen, what happens there. I mean, Bama hasn't taken it on the road yet and been good on offense. I know they've only had a few shots at it here, but – uh, they just haven't been efficient and effective. Um, you know, they just played Mississippi State as 17 point favorites, and they were able to run the ball all day. I think they kind of figured some of that out and scored 40. But 
they still only had 350 total yards. So they were efficient. They scored points when they had the chance, but they weren't running an offense that was throwing up a ton of points. I mean, 350 yards. There's there's receivers catching that many points. I mean, that's 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 not crazy. <laughs> so no. I, I'm kind of a little concerned, especially when you go in to go play a team that's uh, going to be a lot better on defense. So here, here's an interesting stat that came across. Um, I think this was ESPN Stats and Info, but Texas A&M is, in, is third nationally in sacks and second nationally in tackles for loss on the season, and that's after playing that Miami team who, who really didn't give up a whole lot. Um, so they, it's not like they've only played cupcakes. And then Alabama is – 127th nationally in sacks allowed and 122nd nationally in tackles for loss allowed. So really? offensively, there's that's a concern there. There's something that's concerning. There. Something's got to yeah, give that, there. That, that Aggie defense ain't nothing to mess with. I think it's like Miami gave them the wake up call, which like just damn it, man. That's that. This is the defense I wanted them to put. Whatever. Again, like hey, maybe Miami's back. Maybe they are. Maybe uh, maybe I was crapping on them too hard. You called this one at the beginning of the season, but. Yeah, like I mean, that defense is nothing to mess with, man. Like they've got all those damn five-star, highly touted dudes, and they're they're nothing yeah. to mess with. And my my so, biggest thing yeah. is like saying Alabama found their offense again. I you know they they're still just getting off. Well, of hold on, now. I didn't say they, they found no, their offense. I said I'm they not saying you, it out. I'm not saying you did. I think I think they have found something, but I don't think that something is going to be. You're not going to be able to just translate that exact same thing against higher talent that can actually defend the run and, and put you and take things away from you because right, right. they basically came out last week and said, we're just going to run the ball, be efficient, not do anything stupid. We're going to get, uh, was it Milrow out of the pocket and kind of allow him to be an athlete and, and make some runs and make easy decisions. Texas AM is going to be able to take away a lot of that. They're not going to just let him be able to do that. He'll get his, I think, you know, they've kind of figured out what they want to do on offense to get him moving, but I don't think they're going to be thrown up. 400 to 500 yards this game. So I don't, I just don't know how they're going to score that much. And so I think something like 21 to 24, 27, 30 is, is kind of in play for these, these teams. Um, it could probably go either way, but I'm going to say Texas A&M should be favored by two and a half here. Mm. All right. Well, that peels me back down to six and a half, which is probably a better number. I was getting a little high on Bama, but that's, that's interesting. All right. But I like the way you defended that point there. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, their defense is vastly better. They've gotten better as the season's gone on. And for whatever reason, the O-line that has always been a mainstay for Bama seems to be struggling. So, all right, yeah, let's, let's, let's see here. Six and a half, Bama. What does Vegas have for us, sir? So Vegas has Texas A&M oh. under, underdogs. Oh, Okay. But one say, damn man, you got here. I know. I was. I was. I was, I was, I was messing Oh, I was messing underdog. Oh, yeah. Bam, Bama's favored by one and a half points. Oh my god! What? I would take Bama, man. But that's just me. I think this is a no play. I. You and I, I are on opposite side of the fence. I agree. I don't want to touch this. Yeah, all right, that's fine with me. All right, and for our last afternoon delight, let's kick it on down to those magical boys in Orlando. Cut the music. It's over. Magic my ass. UCF. 
What are we doing? Son, I had such high hopes for you. I vouched for you, okay? I put my stamp of approval on it. I told Jaron he was silly. He was talking out of hate and spite. And he needed to shut his trap and put respect on the name. But lo and frickin' behold, you opened your Big 12 home account, home bank account, with a loss by one point. And you want to know how you got there? You gave up 29 unanswered points. Absolutely unforgivable. You know who the opponent was, Jer? You know who this world beater of a team throwing up 29 unanswered points? Damn. Had to be like a TCU, right? Had to be a Texas Tech or a K-State, right? Wrong. Wasn't even Neil Brown from West Virginia. It was Baylor. Yeah. Baylor. Yeah, and 26 of those 29 unanswered points were in the fourth quarter. All in one quarter, basically. You just Unreal. You could have just kneeled the ball. Come on, guys. Just, just kneel the ball, and you can walk out away with a victory. One of them was a 72-yard fumble return. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been actively shitting my pants as a UCF fan in the stands. Like, are we really about to give this away to Baylor? Yeah, you did. I hope all of you got hammered. I hope that you all rode that damn teacup ride until you frickin' puked. With that performance, I mean, my lord. And you know what? That's all I'm going to say. This game's in Kansas. At Kansas. I would hope. They get Daniels back, but guess what? I think this bean kid could do it to you because Baylor can just score 29 unanswered points. I got Kansas by 10. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't think Kansas has beaten anyone. I, that was a mistake we made last week with Texas. I think I, I was a little blinded there. Um, hold Kansas. on now. <laughs> They've been given a gift, sir. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, UCF. You can't tell. I'm very, I'm very upset. I'm very upset yeah, with this. I can see that. Um, UCF has been. I will say, other than that, that fumble return, they've been really good at avoiding negative plays and creating explosive plays on offense. And Kansas does not have good defense. So, as much as you feel that way, like Kansas is bad on defense. They they haven't been good. Um, they just haven't played anyone. And as soon as they did, they just couldn't stop them. Uh, alternatively, I think the same can be said about Kansas' offense, and Kansas has been really effective running the ball. So I don't really know um, how I feel about that, but I do think I think UCF is the better team. I just think after last week and having to travel, I, I, that, that's where I'm concerned. Um, it, it's a tough one to have to travel for after this, and uh, it's like, what's, how are you going to, how are you, is, is Les going to get the guys up and Hey, let's, let's get back on the horse and, and get back into it. Or is it going to be kind of like, Oh, let's see what we can do. Let's get back out there because you're coming off of, that's an embarrassing, embarrassing way to lose a game. So 
Uh, I think Kansas is going to be able to run the ball a little bit and control the game at home, uh, but I also don't think they're going to blow them out. I, I'm going to say Kansas by one should be should be favored by one. Mm. So that puts us at about six between the two of us, six and a half. Mm. Okay. So Vegas has Kansas favored by two here, so I think we're going to go with, with the Kansas. Whoa, side whoa, yeah. whoa! Are you close there? I'm pretty. I'm pretty dialed right now. Feeling feeling pretty good. Yeah, you're feeling pretty nice. All right. Uh, do you want to take Kansas then? Yeah. I mean, I we got to go with the numbers here. That's all right. Yeah, sense. Kansas. Kansas. It is, man. Yeah. I, I'm just like this might be an overcorrection, but like, buddy, like, come on, what are we doing? And it's not like they've been UCF previous that hasn't been showing me signs of like that was crazy. Yeah. That was crazy what happened. That would never happen again. Yeah. They've been s- teetering a little bit. Yeah. All I'm going to say is Kansas listen to me really, really closely. Mm, bring it in. Talk to me, if, John. If you bone us here, you're going to the boneyard. Whoa! One single, single time boneyard? No, we got boned last week by him. You just don't oh, yeah. start your quarterback oh, because he's just randomly out, and we're going to just have no chance to play Texas and get blown out. That's not even close. I would be I would be okay to say we give that one a bad beat. Nope, bone straight to the boneyard. You you screw me okay. here. Okay, okay. So well, I, I could definitely say you, two strikes is on the table with the I need you, UCF team. I need that you just to win. Give up twenty nine unanswered points to Baylor. Exactly. I mean, but they're traveling. Yeah, they're on the strike, road. That's a two you're strike at, minimum. You're at home. I just need you to win by two against this UCF team. Come on, let's let's bring it home. We're I'm putting you on on alert though. Boneyard alert here on this game. Boneyard alert. Let's give that alarm. Not a boneyard alert. No like bonus. We need a different bell. Just so Don't like want that. any bonies in the boneyard. <laughs> so we are going to go move into the primetime night games. Go ahead and strap it, baby, because we're starting off with one absolute hell, hellfire-looking game. Here we are in the Sanford Stadium, and we got ourselves a clash of the damn Titans. We've got the mighty, the bold, the brave, the run it down your throat, slap a couple of gators around the parking lot, and then fry it for gator bites. Big Blue Kentucky, newly ranked at number 20, at numero uno. Let's go ahead and put an asterisk next to that, because shouldn't they be ranked number one after last week's performance? I don't know. UGA. Buddy, UGA is looking super gettable. Okay? Super gettable with this reload of a season. Uh, Auburn had them on the damn ropes. It's looking like a Mike Tyson opponent for a second. He's like, I don't know. There's three of them, coach. I don't know which one to hit. Like, Christ, son, there's only one. How hard did he hit you? Not only that, Brock Bowers decided to go absolute Herculean effort. Leroy Jenkins, I'm going to put the team on my back, though. God mode, and took over the end of the game. I don't, again, I, Auburn, what what the hell, man? Like, the the guy who's been known by all of college football to be that good. You just get, I digress. But, hey... 
this is looking like a new Kentucky team, okay? I hear dog walking UF, okay? And they're running 300 plus yards on UF, okay? Okay. And UF, frauds. Called that. Just had to get that one in. Just one last job. Thank you. But yeah. So, again, this is kind of what I said. Like, you know, Kentucky's undefeated. And yet, I'm still kind of scratching my head here, Jer. Um, why do I find myself asking, is Kentucky for real? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I love Georgia. My mom went to Georgia. Big, you know, big Georgia guy. But, yeah, they're like my secondary team here. And, like, you know, I don't really, like, affiliate with them that much. I do find it very interesting, and I almost kind of find myself rooting for it to a degree. What if Kentucky wins? And then the two teams you have vying for the East title are none other than Kentucky and Missouri. Absolute hilariousness. And this is kind of what I root for when uh, South Carolina had them on the ropes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think Kentucky's got a good shot here. Um, look, that, that, was, that was an away game. It was emotional. It's physical, took it down to the wire. Now, here's the only thing is you're getting slapped with the Energizer Bunny battery coming back into Sanford Stadium, and they're going to be up for it. And Kentucky has always struggled at Sanford Stadium, which is why I'm looking at you, Mark Stoops. If you want to take it, you have to kill the king. I'm sorry. That's the way it goes. I don't write the rules. I just, I'm just the messenger. I got UGA by three and a half. I like that. That's good. Um, yeah, the last time they played last year, it was 6-16. to Very low-scoring game. It was one of those weird games that was like, what's going on with Georgia? But ultimately, obviously, didn't have that many problems. Ended up just rolling everyone else and going to a national championship and dominating there. So this was kind of just a weird one. Um, this year, they've had one common opponent, interesting, just through the first few weeks. So week one, uh, Kentucky played Ball State, won 44-14. The second week, Ball State goes to Georgia, plays Georgia, 45-3. So oh. very similar results there. <laughs> what the hell, Ball State? Good God. Yeah, it's a tough one. Do you need money that bad, son? Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> you you kind of want to get Georgia out of the way first, you'd think. But I guess, I guess <laughs> right. that's not how it worked out for him. But uh, Georgia hasn't looked great in terms of kind of what what uh, their standards are, but they at the end of the day they're they like, still Georgia. They're taking care of business in games. I mean, if you look at their kind of record here, last week was a little weird, but at the end of the day, they, they took care of business and ultimately kind of win that a little bit going away. Um, it, it it was a little stressful, but honestly, like I was the last five minutes of the game, I was kind of like, there's there's no chance Auburn's gonna. They just weren't doing anything at that point. They yeah, Auburn there. did look pretty out of it by then, so yeah. it was just like Georgia's. Do what you yeah. got to do and get out. Yeah. So I, I will say I think people are going to put way too much onto that UF game and think UF, you know, should have – it's going to make Kentucky look better in the eyes of kind of the public. I, I think UF shouldn't have been ranked. And so, you know, if, if you say, they, okay, Kentucky beat an unranked Florida, I think people are like, oh, okay, that's not that big of a deal. But since they were ranked, people were like, oh, it's a big statement win. Um, I mean, it's not, but at the same time, like Kentucky going undefeated up to the Georgia game – no, does say something. Yeah, no, I mean, but they also haven't played that many people, so we'll no. we'll, we'll touch on that. But uh, I, I I like Leary. I actually I remember we talked about it. I was like, I think this is the best move in college football. I don't think I he's can say better that. than Levis. 
He was better I, than Levis. I don't care what the draft says. I, he, he was a better option I, than Levis. I haven't seen it yet, though. They haven't found exactly the right balance between what they have in the running game and what they want to do with him. They kind of haven't let him loose, which I'm like, I don't know if that means he doesn't have it and they just haven't figured out how he fits into their system. I mean, maybe it was after the shoulder injury. He just hasn't been the same. That's also a concern too. So it's like, I don't really know. Or maybe let's just say this is the game. He surprises everyone and just starts, they let him loose and let him throw the ball a little bit more. He was Um, like, I was just charging it up. Maybe. I I think that's (laughs) less likely, but you never know. It wouldn't shock me if that happened, but uh, UGA's offense, I think, is a concern. Um, I think the biggest concern with them is on the ground. They haven't been able to run the ball efficiently, um, and that's even against lesser talent and lesser teams. Uh, but I do think they've kind of figured out that they can lean on specifically Brock Bowers, but really their passing game. Um, and they're kind of learning that like that's the safety net. It's not keeping the ball on the ground and running it and you know getting six, seven yards a pop. It's actually leaning on those two guys. Uh, in the in the run game or in the pass game to to kind of be efficient and move the ball, so I think they kind of figure that out, which kind of concerns me. I think if they come out and just start throwing it around, I think Kentucky might have some challenges, especially because you know if we're going to be honest, that that was the thing that they were Florida didn't really challenge them on. So I I'm curious to see what that looks like. All that said, I, I think uh, I'm gonna, I'm kind of with you though. I'm a little lower on Georgia than probably what I think the public's going to be. Or, or Vegas specifically, but I'm, I'm going to say eight and a half uh, points towards Georgia. Yeah, I really just think, like, look, it's not like Kentucky's so damn good. It's just this is a very gettable Georgia team. And, yeah. you know, Kentucky's got a heartbeat. Yeah. And my they're big, playing decently well. My biggest who's concern to say this is, is not their Saturday? Yeah, my biggest concern is, like, anytime you have them at home, like Georgia at home, and they haven't really shown, like, who they are yet this season, uh, I, it's I mean, kind of like. South Carolina kind of gave them. A, a run for it yeah, at home. I, I, and that's what I'm saying is, like, they haven't done it at home yet. And I think if they're going to just blow the team out and say, like, no, we're still here. They're, we're still at the top of the mountain. This is this, this would be the week to do it. Yeah, yeah, you're at home. You're going to do it against a team that people feel really good about um, and, and think is pretty talented. And so, I, you know, I, I think if they, if they show up and say, we're not going to let you run the ball and – Kentucky can't get things going. They could probably hold them to like 10, 15 points here and easily score 30. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, you look up and it's a blowout in the second half. So we'll see. Uh, let's see what they've got them in Vegas as uh, they have Georgia favored by 14 and a half here. Whoa. I might be inclined to take Kentucky here. Yeah. I think the numbers bear that out for us. I think we're taking Kentucky. I you know, oh, oh. After saying well, all that, well. I still think, I still think we're, we're, where we the the plan and what we've kind of talked through makes the most sense. I do see yeah. a path for us to to lose this one, but oh, I, I definitely see another Texas Kansas moment. But uh, I would love to be correct here, so let's just put lay down the dollars and pray pray to the Lord, the football Lord. Yeah. I think Stoops can rise up. I think he can get it done. I think he's got a good enough defensive plan. I, I don't think they're the easiest team to get right on offense from a Georgia's side of things, so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, the uh, other primetime matchup we have, and whoo, boy, is it a doozy. Oh, well, Notre Dame. We got you in the Ville. Notre Dame, you haven't exactly had a uh, – 
easy run of games here, have you? I mean, oh boy. But that's what you guys get for being independent. Uh, emotional loss to Ohio State here. Again, kind of had that whole tied one arm behind the back. Let's run 10 guys out there twice and try to stop them, um, which led us to probably one of the best moments of this college football season I've ever, and even maybe even the past five seasons, really. I, I, I really can't get enough of that post-game interview. It's just so delicious. And the fact that he doubled down afterwards is just even better. Um, Ryan Day, I love you. But back to Notre Dame. So then you got to go walk into the old Wallace Wade, okay, next week, right after. You got to go walk into Wallace Wade with a familiar guy on the other sideline. That's right, Mike Elko. He used to be on top of your defense, and now he's out here leading a Duke team who just loves to believe. Man, they got some grit. And boy, did they show it, because they took you guys to the end, took you to the death, and you guys pulled it out. Unreal. Again, emotional, physical, dead last moment of the game. Riley Leonard got hurt, so you kind of, I mean, I don't i don't love that. Again, I'm just going to reiterate, I don't love that. But, you know, kind of catch a little bit of a break there with that. And now, you've got to go on the road again to the Ville. Under Jeff Brom, who's got a newly rejuvenated, new identity, all the confidence in the world, all undefeated Cardinal team. Can you do it again? I say yes. Notre Dame by three. Ooh. That's it. Okay. Uh, um, I'm just saying, they've they got to be tired at this point. They've got to be. Back to back to back, and you, like, you're getting everybody's best punch. Yeah, I, I, like Louisville. I, I don't think Louisville's like maybe that great. This is like finally their first test. But man, you get them jazzed up in the Ville on a Saturday night. Anything's possible, and I, I don't know. Like, when does Notre Dame be like, Jesus, coach, this is tough. <laughs> I've been going for hours. Yeah. No. So yeah, Notre Dame um, and Louisville actually have one common opponent as well. Uh, they played. They both played NC State so far this season. Um, Notre Dame played them in week two. And that was that 45 to 24 game that, that it was that crazy rain game where it was like multiple hours and Notre Dame came out after the rain delay, just stomped them. Uh, and then Louisville actually played NC state this last week. And that was that 13 to 10 game. Uh, Louisville pulls away, uh, there, uh, on the road. So, uh, I don't, I don't looking at that. I'm like, I, I don't see these teams as being equals at all. Um, just based on that one common opponent, but yeah, with Louisville. They, here's here's who they played. They played NC State, who's not very good, and they won thirteen to ten. That was on the road, so I'll give them a little bit extra credit on that. And then they beat Boston College uh, pretty soundly. Uh, they beat that Indiana team that is ended up firing their uh, offensive coordinator. And then they, just a damn shame. Yeah, and then they they beat Murray State fifty six to zero second week of the season. They were favored by forty four, so I'm really not that impressed to be honest. And then they also had that uh, game in Atlanta to start the season, that, that comeback they had against Georgia Tech uh, to win 39-34. to So Absolute wild game. Also not a great team. So <laughs> they really haven't proven anything. If anything, they've snuck by two very below-average teams. So I don't really know. I don't want to put too much into that. I think, I think even if Notre Dame's tired, I think they've got enough veteran leadership. And they've been very balanced on offense and defense. Um I don't think they have enough holes that Louisville can take advantage of. And, and to be honest, I think this is less to do with Notre Dame and they're being tired and how good they are and more to be with. I just don't think Louisville should be ranked. They're just not, they're not that good. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of other teams that should be ranked. Like Texas A&M would kill Louisville tomorrow. Uh, it wouldn't even be close. So I don't understand how that plays out, but I, I understand with this, with the ranking and the scheduling uh, or the, 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 the record, uh, you, you don't want to do that. So uh, I think that that number next to their name is going to give them a little bump here. And I think Notre Dame can probably take advantage of that in terms of what people think they are and what Vegas can put their lines out as. So um Louisville offense is is better at passing than running, um, but honestly, Notre Dame's been pretty good against the pass. So, I, I think that that little piece right there is enough to say this should be a ten point game at least. Um, I'm going to say thirty four twenty four, Notre Dame, and that's even recognizing that they're coming off of uh, some tired tired legs and things like that. So I'm saying ten points. Mm. Okay. All right. So we're going to sit Notre Dame seven. All right, so Vegas has Notre Dame favored by five and a half. Oh, see, I tried telling you, man. I tried telling you, you don't mess around with the newly rejuvenated, newly given confidence, all the undefeated, all Jeff Brom, Bourbon Country, Louisville Cardinals. So we're two points off of this. Do you want to take it? I think it's right on the line. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take Notre Dame. All right, because I'm I'm kind of with you, like. <laughs> This has more of a likelihood of Notre Dame being like, oh, they're not, they're not that tough. Yeah, I mean they can, it's a they got they can win by six. I mean they all they need to do is win by a touchdown, and we're going to cover here. So um, I think I think it's a good take, especially since we didn't take one that was closer earlier. All right, all right. Well, uh, guys, that goes ahead and finishes it off for us in the uh, game slate. And now, oh boy, don't you don't you just know it. What time is it? Ooh, baby. Yes, sir, it's that time of the week again. We have arrived at the Cheeks game of the week. And this week, oh, buddy, we got ourselves a special little surprise. I mean, it's fall season, so we might as well just shift our way up there through the corn mazes of the heartland. Yes, sir, where the bush beer is fresh, the cattle and the corn-fed boys are thick, and the chubby, slow cheeks of Midwest football, mm, they're even thicker. We've got America's favorite Midwest nerds, boiler up, versus America's favorite offense that consistently drops a turd. This is Purdue at Iowa. All right, so this week's Cheeks Game of the Week is uh, brought to you by Dude Wipes. And, uh, yep, we've got Purdue at Iowa. And, oh, man, I couldn't be more excited to get out of ACC country and, you know, let's switch it up. Uh, I think this is this is uh, number two for Purdue on the Cheeks Game of the Week. Uh, oddly enough, uh, with one of the Virginia teams, uh, Purdue did me a solid and won that game. That was my first Cheeks dub, so got to love that. Or, no, no, we didn't. We went with Virginia Tech, didn't we? I wanted to pick Purdue. Yeah, that was my fault. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we're, that, was, that was on me. Oh, son of a gun. All right, well, anyways, here we go. So, yeah, America's favorite little nerds from the, from the cornfields of the heartland, Indiana, 
there's not going to be in Indiana, though. We're not going to West Lafayette. No, sir. We're going out there to the Iowa City. <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. To the Hawkeyes. I mean... Iowa, your, your program's a laughable circus right now, which is why you are here in the Cheeks Game of the Week. I mean, I, like a like a sicko, just an absolute junkie addict, love watching turmoil to your team just to see what the hell the press conferences and, and headlines are going to be surrounded by Brian Ferentz. In fact, actually, you guys could just go win the games. I don't care. Uh, just score, like, I don't know, five points and, like, win the game. Because that would truly be hilarious. That's that's the Iowa team I love. I love that team. And I love this, this give and take of, like, hey, Brian, you're going to score points? And he's just out there fighting for his life, like we alluded to. Uh, in the coach's box, I, I I I just really can't tell you how much I I love it. It's it's unfathomable how much I love it. Um, I'll be honest, I, I I didn't even put a line on this. Okay, I just I I truly think Iowa should win. Um, but then again, guess what? Cade McNamara's out for the year, guys. Bye. <laughs> what do you do? This guy was supposed to be Brian Ferentz's meal ticket. This was supposed to turn the offense around. <laughs> like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I don't I, think they scored 25. I just don't. I see this being like they win 21 to like 17. Uh, so let's call it four. Um, but <laughs> he still doesn't hit 25. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I love that yeah. it's like become it's become like this national bit. Like even like the broadcasting like teams have get, gotten in on it. So <laughs> during the Michigan State game last week, they put up a, a Iowa graphic on their possessions. <laughs> the only it basically shows where they started, how many plays they ran, what the result was. So in the second half, they had they started on their own thirty nine. They ran one play. It was a fumble. <laughs> oh my. The next next time they played, they ran five plays through an interception from their own twenty five. Then this is the only time they scored points in the second half uh, when they had this graphic up. Was they started on the opponent's thirty? They ran four plays, lost five yards, and kicked a field goal. Um, oh no! <laughs> and then they went. Dude, I I, I got to give it to Brian Ferentz, man. Like you got some true cojones. And like maybe it's because you are earning like upwards of eight hundred thousand to over a million dollars a year, uh, so you're just like I don't really give a rip what people have to say about me. But like, brother, to show up in your professional career, just it, it, not even that, just just to show up at your profession, and other people are actively showcasing in your face how bad you are at their job. Like they're not even like worried about their success. They're failing too, but they're just like, you know what? I, at least we're not failing half as hard as this guy. And they're just showcasing it in your face week after week after week. It's all anyone can joke about. Pro- you know- <laughs> Props. Way to go, Brian. Yeah. You, you are a better man than I. I think I probably just quit with my dignity still intact. 
just be like, you know what, Dad? I don't think it's working out, and I'm just going to pull the plug here. I'm going to go try to find a better job. I know I can beat Walt Bell's ass in any OC job. This man tends to be just failing upwards. Maybe <laughs> go I'll to catch Indiana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll go to Indiana. I'll do you guys a solid. I'll, I'll fail upwards. I'll ride that coattail, whatever. But, like, what I a, just. What a fantastic experiment that would be. What if they traded? Like, Walt Bell came to Iowa. Let's see what you can do. Can you imagine if either one got better because of it? <laughs> that would like, be it'd really be such, funny. like, a bizarro, like, what, what world do we live in? <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I, I know it's been kind of like a, a, a national talking point and kind of like a joke, but Iowa literally has the worst offense in the country. Literally, it's like it's hard. They're so inefficient. It's, <laughs> it's so it, bad. It's not like they go down and get into the red zone and get unlucky and like have turnovers or miss field goals. Like no, they're literally just not even getting there. They're not. That's like step one isn't even there yet. So they're just they don't move the ball. It's a huge problem. Obviously, uh, obviously losing a quarterback too doesn't help. So. Uh, luckily for them, they get to play Purdue, which has a very bad defense. So um, they're not they're not terrible, but they're definitely below average. So hopefully that'll give them a little bit of life here. Uh, I'm not sure though. Uh, ideally, they'll score some points, and I, I, I'm sure Purdue can actually move the ball a little bit. But I was. Iowa's defense is still very good. It's They're the still only, good. It's the only reason yeah. they haven't fired everyone, to be honest. If because if they were just an average defense or below average defense, they, everyone would be gone. But oh yeah, Kirk a, would be gone. It's a very good defense. So with that, I I, I don't really know what to do. I'm going to say Iowa minus a point. They should be favored by one. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. All right. So let's call it what? Ooh. I mean, we got to split that. Two. Let's call it two. I should be favored by two. <laughs> We may not be out of the woods with that. So, oh my gosh. Watch so, Purdue be favored. So are we are we are we stuck on two, Boone? Is that the plan? Sure. Two is the exact number. Not, Get not, the hell out. No, I'm saying, oh. I'm saying no, I'm, I'm asking you, is that our exact number? I need to know. Oh yeah, two's the exact number. Okay. Because Vegas has them favored by two and a half, so we have to take Purdue here because we're on that side of it. I love it. Give me Purdue. <laughs> I want the upset so bad now. The half point is is got us. Oh man, this is great. Oh, I couldn't have asked for a better cheeks, man. This is gonna be so good. Everybody's just like after the loss, just gonna go drown their sorrows at the Iowa State Fair <laughs> with all their butter cows and their bush beer. Just just for fun, what do you think the over under for this game is? Total points scored for both teams. Oh by? hell. Mm. It's got to be low, so I'm thinking, if anything, oh, buddy. <laughs> like, it's got to be below 40. Yeah, 38. 30. I was going to say 38. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited. I hope he lives forever. I hope they never fire anybody. They just keep rolling out this team year after year, just, just pressing their luck. All right, you want, me to, uh, you want me to do a quick rundown before we? Uh, yeah, let's go up. ahead and run it down. Let me know what we got going on. Let the right. let the good people of the pod know what we got going on this week. All right, so we got the Nooners, uh, Maryland at Ohio State. Maryland being five and zero going into that game. Uh, Maryland's uh, getting twenty points here, so we're on that side of it. We said they should be only underdogs by eight, but uh, they're they're underdogs by twenty, so we're going to take Maryland uh, with the twenty mm-hmm. points uh, from. The next game, we had LSU uh, ranked 24th for whatever reason at Missouri. Um, two of the top wide receivers in the country 
for this game, uh, we said they should be favored. LSU is, that is, uh, by two and a half points collectively. You're actually on the Missouri side of this, but Missouri is actually getting five and a half points, so they're five and a half point underdogs, so we're going with Missouri here. Uh, Oklahoma at Texas. This was uh, Texas getting six and a half points, or giving six and a half points, so we're actually taking... Um, we decided here that – oh, sorry, Oklahoma, that is, <laughs> given six and a half points. So we're taking Oklahoma, uh, given the six and a half. Um, very close. But, uh, Boone, you said they should be favored by four and a half. I said seven. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that puts us taking, taking the Oklahoma side here. Okay. Or did we decide a no-take on that one? I can't remember. I think one. we said no-take because okay. it was just too close. Okay, that's where I was confused. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Washington State is playing UCLA. Uh, Vegas says Washington State is underdogs by three and a half points. I said we, we should be on the Washington side. I think you did as well. Uh, collectively, uh, we're going to take Washington State here. Uh, they, Love they it. Can, they can lose by three. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Alabama yep. at Texas A&M. This was definitely um, a, a, a good game for us, but it's a no-take um, because we said collectively that it should be Bama – uh, close to that one and a half line, and Bama's favored by one and a half, so we're not going to touch this one here. Uh, mainly because it was more just, we just didn't have a good feel for the game. Is really what it is. Yeah, we we both were sitting on opposite sides of the fence. Yeah, I didn't didn't really like. We we both weren't convicted one way or the other. Uh, UCF yeah. and Kansas. Um, we talked a lot about UCF here, a lot about Kansas. Um, between the two of us, we said six and a half. You said Kansas should be favored by ten. Um, but Kansas is actually only favored by two here. So between the two of us, we decided to go with Kansas, given the two points. Uh, they can win by a field goal or, or, or more, and we'll cover there. Um, and then into the night games, we have Kentucky, which is ranked 20 at Georgia. Um, we said collectively between the two of us, somewhere in between three and a half and eight and a half. Uh, but Kentucky is actually underdogs by 14 and a half points. So they can lose by two touchdowns here and still cover. So we're going with with Kentucky here, um, a little afraid of a blowout, but I think I think the numbers make make sense for us uh, here. Uh, Notre Dame at Louisville. This game is interesting as well. I said nine and a half point favorites uh, or ten point favorites for Notre Dame. Uh, you said closer to, to three or four. Uh, that put us at seven and a half. So Notre Dame five and a half point favorites. Um, pretty close, but I, I think we we ultimately decided do we 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 we're going to take this one right because it's only two point difference. Yeah. All right, so Notre Dame, five and a half points. We just need them to win by five and a half. And then last but not least is our Cheeks game. Uh, just just like we just covered, uh, we're going to take Iowa here, uh, given – or no, sorry, we're going to take Purdue, given two and a half points, or getting two and a half points. So um, Iowa, all we have to do is just either have you guys lose um, or, or not win by a field goal. So it's going to be a low-scoring game probably. Uh, we're excited to kind of see what what happens there. <laughs> Yeah, I really love I really love where this week's headed. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully we're getting back on track here. I mean, <laughs> if we come into the negatives next week, I'm just going to be like, I don't know anything. I know nothing. And that's kind of, I mean, I guess the whole point of this. But, like, yeah, I just, I need I need to get some dubs back. I need to get the confidence. The, the creative juice is flowing again. And we need, to, we need to be celebrating on the mountaintops. But, uh, all right, hey, good, good job out of you. Good job out of me. Great stuff, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. It, it is our, our humble duty and pleasure to bring this all to you, and we're going to do it again next week. And if anything, enjoy the weekend. Catch the games. Jer, love you, buddy. I'll see you next time. Right. Godspeed.